Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas, people, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village. The award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007. Find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. Ike Eisenhower State Farm. Ike and his award-winning team have been serving the insurance needs of folks all around Hot Springs Village since 1998. Ike has qualified for State Farm's President's Club, Chairman's Circle, and Hot Springs Village Insurance Agent of the Year. Call Ike Eisenhower State Farm today at 501-984-4100. That's 501-984-4100. Find them online at IkeEisenhower.net. Call them today for all your insurance needs because, like a good neighbor, Ike Eisenhower State Farm is there. From the shores of Lake DeSoto and the shores of uh, Texas for a moment, Dennis Simpson, Miss Monica Toby. Monica, how are you this morning, dear? I'm really good. How are you? Quite well indeed. I've uh, got my... My morning go juice, and uh, we're ready. We're 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 on it. We should be rolling by oh ten ten thirty. We should be good. We should be okay. good. Can't, I can't, can't beat your view there. Well, the yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I, more than one person had said, Dennis, could you just get out of the way and let us look at the lake? I'm like, okay, I guess. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's stunning. Well, let's talk about so in our lives, our generations, we've seen a lot. Of technology, we've seen uh, uh, trios, we've seen blue uh, 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 blackberries, we've seen you know all this. What happens to to blackberries? What happens to technology, Monica? What do we do with it when it leaves our little paws? Well, and speaking of blackberries, we do still see them. Are you serious? Um, yes, serious. Sometimes it's just one or two trickling in. Sometimes it's a majority of a load. So what we do at early upgrade is we process and we want um, retired devices and anything with a battery, laptops, tablets, um, cell phones, even if it's a flip phone and a Blackberry, we can use them. And what we're doing is we're trying to keep them out of the, uh, the, the waste stream, the, the landfills, mm-hmm. um, for so many reasons. And I don't know how many of your listeners, um, who tune in know that. Um, but blackberries are still around and we designed a data bot. So if we have to destroy the data off of a blackberry, we can drill through the front of the screen, hit the chip and destroy the, the, 
the data. So it would destroy and eradicate all the photos, messages, any any information that's in that device. Well, let's come back to it. Now, the name of the company again is? Early Upgrade. Early Upgrade. And the bottom line is, is that we have so much digital information and it's stored on these devices. And typically for myself, and this is not a ringing endorsement by any stretch, seems like I'm getting a new cell phone every couple of years. And and I've done that for the last 20 years as a tech. And, and so I've always got this data. I've always got this. And I don't mind letting go of my device, but I've got to make sure that it's clean, especially if it's going to anybody else. And just because I'm done with it doesn't mean that somebody else wouldn't find it a very useful tool, right? Yes, exactly. Very useful tool. And and you're right. You're done with it, but you don't want your data out there. And there is use for it. So just think of the supply chain, the repair facilities. Let's say you dropped your phone and you cracked your screen. Well, mm-hmm. you need a new screen. What if that device is a couple of years old um, and you don't want to buy a new one? Um, when you recycle, um, the phones and devices will come to us. Now we have an inventory, that screen that we can deploy. Oh, so we have inventory. Let's just we have in excess right now of 80,000 just laptop adapters. Really? And they're categorized by model, quantity and um, the tips, how they how they connect. Okay, I need a Dell Inspiron 880 that went out on me this last week. I'm just saying, okay. I probably have one. I have to go through the list and look because there was <clears> so many. I mean, it literally in excess of 80,000. So the same is true with the batteries, the screens and so forth. So if um, devices come into our facility, the first thing they do is if they have data on them, they go into a caged area and they really? stay in a locked caged area until um, all of the data can be wiped or or removed completely. Then it goes into a testing phase. So Everything is tested, the screens, the batteries, and so forth. And then from there, that's determined which direction do the parts go. Well, how did you, and, and, and let's talk about the issue here. And, and it's a term that people kind of go, what? But e-waste is, we're going to drown in e-waste if we don't figure something out. And, and how did you get in this business? How did you start the business? Well, uh, okay. So I'm an employee of Early Upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, they happen to be friends of, <clears throat> of ours, my husband and I. Um I started in plastic e-waste. I was a broker. So all I did was take when somebody would break apart an electronic piece, laptops and so forth, um, uh, and even desktop computers, I would buy the plastic and then we would pelletize it and it goes back into the original manufacturers to make new computers. So the plastic is reused. So this supply chain is extremely important. Just think about the COVID lockdowns and the China changes. Mm-hmm. If something mm-hmm. happens in China, it has a direct effect on us. So our supply chain has to be protected. And these devices have so much importance to them. Instead of drawing from natural resources, we can reuse these. And like you said, you're turning in your device, your cell phone, seems like every couple of years, maybe every two to three years. Well, that glass can be ground up and put into new glass. Those batteries are um, lithium ion batteries are very valuable. Mm -hmm. They're tested. And if they test at below 80%, they go into recycle. If they're tested at 80% or above, they go into reuse. So the uh, lithium ion battery is shredded into a powder. We call it black mass. Really? It goes back, mm-hmm, it's extremely valuable. We joke that it's black gold. 
Uh, then it or goes more, or more. It's it's incredible. So once it's put into a powder form, it is then sent to the lithium ion manufacturers to make a new battery. It, it's a long process. I'm shortening it a bit. But that's <laughs> that's. It takes a while because it's dirty. It has no, no. to be cleaned. Yeah. It has to be refined um, to because the battery has different parts to it. It has the plastic wrapping, mm-hmm. um, but we want to get to what's in the inside, which is valuable. And once that black mass is pure, it can go back to the lithium ion manufacturers to make a new battery. This is only part of it. The other is batteries can be, they're very explosive. Oh, they're yeah. very dangerous. Yeah. So you do not want these in the <clears throat> landfill and you don't want to take them out of your device. They're protected when they're in the device. Mm-hmm. Once they're taken out, you're in trouble. If it hits, gets connected with another battery um, mm-hmm. like yeah. this, that's that's a problem. Or if they're punctured um, and it hits another battery, that opened exposure um, is dangerous. And battery yeah. fires run fast. And and I will I will leave this to this particular comment that you could google on YouTube and see how explosive and how easily these things blow up. The 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 fact that they're cellularized, cellized, you know, they're they're compartmentalized. And that's what keeps them from blowing each other up because they're very volatile, very volatile indeed. And the reason that they don't want you carrying batteries on some planes, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right? Correct. But are, are they getting better? And, and I'm going to I'm going to pull back higher for just a moment here in a moment. But are the manufacturers getting better at making things easier for you to recycle? Not really. <laughs> they are a problem child. What we're doing is we're 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 finding ways to get around them. We really? have pitched to them that they all use the same plastics. They all use one plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, if a device has multiple the plastic here is different mm-hmm. than the plastic here. Um, it causes a problem with recycling. So yeah. we have asked that they all get <clears> on the <throat> same page and use one plastic and so forth and have a uniformity. Um, they will not do it. They Apple wants things their way yep. for design purposes, and they don't yep. want it to be like anybody else's. So what we have done to get around it is we take these devices apart. And then we we clean them. And what I mean by cleaning them is we separate the grades. So you have your device, you separate this plastic from this plastic, and then the glass. So I know it's full. it sounds very laborious, and and luckily, luckily, there's real money in it because if there wasn't, we would just be all throwing them away, right? Yes. So thank goodness. Um, we, we just had to be innovative. So yeah. now that we're breaking it down, it's, it's very labor intensive. So that's kind of a downside. Um, but it is, like I said, very good for the supply chain. So yeah. because now yeah. we get to reuse these parts and now we don't have to get natural resources. We can just use what we have already. And, and let me answer the question that nobody's asked yet that I probably should have started the show with is, what happens to electronics when we take them to the recycle center? Do they just go into the va- vapor or the eosphere? No. The fine folks at upgrade early upgrade take care of these kind of things, right? Yes. So it happens in a few <clears throat> ways. If you uh, drop it off at a recycling center, then then they get sorted and then sent to us or someone like us. Right. We're one of many companies. There's probably close to a thousand companies like ours in the really? United States. Yeah. Well, so speaking of a thousand companies like yours, how the heck do you get to a place called Hot Springs Village, Arkansas? Not just Hot Springs, not just Arkansas, <laughs> but Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Before I let you answer that, 
Diane and I are at the, the gym last night. We're working out and I get a message from Wall Street Journal and it says, Texas has a problem. The Californians won't quit coming. So now Texas has a problem, but those darn Texans, they come to Arkansas, right? My I live on a cul-de-sac and uh, <clears throat> let's see. I think everybody but one is from Texas on our really? cul-de-sac. Yes. Really? Including, including us. Really? Well, yes. tell the story. I, I love to hear the, the we want to go fishing story. Yes. So my husband's in tech as well. He is uh, considered end of life um, in refining the materials that we we dismantle and then would sell to somebody like him. Mm-hmm. He was uh, transferred from we lived in Arizona for 15 years and he was transferred to Texas. So we were living in Texas just going wow, this is a whole new world. You know, we've been in the same place for 15 years. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, here we are in Texas. And uh, we just thought it would be fun to go look for a lake house. So we were looking for pine trees and water. And uh, we thought, <laughs> exactly. You, wait, uh, if you, right now I'm in my office, so you don't get to see our background. But it, it's, it's so beautiful here, as you can see from Dennis's background. Um, so we thought we'd come up here and find a cabin just to get away one bedroom one bath you know no internet that's what we were used to having a cabin Hmm. we got here and we fell in love and we thought oh my gosh this is an actual home and they have internet so internet no what (laughs) they got those interwebs those fancy new interwebs really yes so we get to work from home and live here so now our joke is uh when we retire fully that uh, we don't have to unpack because we're already Oh, I here. like that idea. Yeah. I like that idea. Tomorrow morning, we're going to retire, and uh, here we are. Yeah, exactly. Right. Done. So have you yeah. moved here full-time? Yes, we're here full-time now. Uh, yeah. We've been here four years, and we oh. absolutely love it. And what lake are you on, if I can? Uh, Coronado. Oh. Yeah, and we're on a point, and so we can't, we the, the, that's another funny joke. There's so many jokes with this move and being here. Um, we have so many windows, and we since we're on a point on the lake, we don't have to invest in a lot of artwork because <laughs> the art is outside, just like yours. The window that's our art is <clears throat> nature. But I, I don't know if you were able to hear my show a few weeks back, and I actually turned it into a radio show. We did an interview with Pluckets, a Puckets. Um, window washing and, and, and pressure washing. Uh-huh. You don't have to invest in artwork, but there's a lot of bugs on the windows and, and spiders and all kinds of things. It, 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 it averages out, I think, right? I think it does. And you're right. Cause our windows get washed and they were just done and it makes such a difference. Oh, and my Lord. the view is it. And every yeah. time somebody walks in the front door, it, it, the same reaction. Wow. And that oh. was our reaction when we moved here was wow. My best friend here in the village is Jeff Atkins that lives up around the corner. We built been we were we started as competitors twenty four years ago against each other. And uh, I moved here about eleven years ago and we, we were able to find this place on the lake. And I, at the time I just was renting it. And Jeff's about three blocks up, about two blocks up actually. And I was sitting in the front yard one day and may or may not have been having a cigar while I was relaxing. And Jeff came by and he said, Why are you sitting in the front yard? I said, well, it's just a beautiful day. He said, I'd be looking at the lake all the time. I said, well, yeah, but it's nice to come to the front yard too. You know, it's just the same place, you know? So um, let me, let me just throw one at you real quick. You know, uh, on the North side of the lake, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the far uh, East end of the lake is the dam and the North side of the lake, there's Tenerife 
And at the very end of Tenerife, Diane and I have 21 acres on Lake Coronado that has 450 feet of frontage. Yeah. yeah, I know that piece. I know that piece of land. That was reserved property that Cooper sold. And well, we're not going to sell it. And then they did. And yeah. And I saw that when it went up for sale and we talked about it. Yeah. We've discussed it many times that, you know, what are we going to do? And okay, we're off the track, but I'll, hey, that's what I do. I chase, I chase rabbits. We've talked about Uh, building two duplexes down on the water. Yeah. And you know, the land is real steep and goes up to Coronado Road behind it. We were thinking about building tree houses up on the Coronado Road side that looked over the townhouse down at the bottom because there's an unbelievable view from that side. And I, I, to me, I think two things. I think Lake Coronado is an undiscovered gym. And I think Lake de Soto is an undiscovered gym. People that haven't seen it or been around, they're like, well, that's a nice lake. That's a, you haven't been here. It's gorgeous. It is to die for. And Coronado. Oh my Lord. Oh my Lord. That, that is a beautiful, beautiful lake. Yeah. You know, we have a neighbor, um, he's self-employed and he's here in the village. I don't know if I should mention his name, but, um, he was really funny. He said, he said, I'm not leaving this house and I'm not leaving here. He goes, they're going to have to pry me out. Um, yeah. So I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you, Pat Bowler, uh, uh, I'll tell you, but Pat Bowler, who's one of the leading realtors in the village, uh, one of her lines is, and it's, it's funny. She said that people are, you know, moving to their new house and they're going, we are never leaving here. And she says, no, one of you is leaving before the other one. We just don't know which one. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, she makes yeah. a good point. She makes a good point. Yeah. Man, I, I love the association and, and we, we like the video that we've shown here earlier to show actually just the flow chart of how to do this. Number one, it's one thing to have a great job like you do here for a great company. It's another thing to know that you're doing the right thing. Uh, e-waste is a serious problem. It really is. Uh, I mean, I'm the guy that when I throw a double A battery in the trash, I'm like, mm, maybe, mm, maybe I shouldn't do that. Mm, yeah. But unfortunately, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm an old enough resident here. Um, <clears throat> I guess it's been 14 or 15 years ago. We we had to do away with the recycling program, but we just didn't have enough density. And I mean, even larger cities, it, it when China quit taking the recycled stuff, the market just fell apart. I got that. But recycling, it's what we have to do, but it's getting harder. Is that fair enough? It, it is um, because it's expensive and um, then it can be dirty as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is just imagine people who are shredding. I don't know if anybody has seen a large industrial shutter that costs millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of dust and black soot and, um, not something you want to live right beside. So it, uh, it takes a lot of work. And, um, <clears throat> I think the industry had to rethink everything. Um, when you're thrown a challenge, like, China was taking so much of our waste, so much of our recycled waste, Mm -hmm. specifically, not trash, recyclables. Um, And when they shut down and closed it because their air was getting so dirty um, and it was a mess and stuff was coming in uncleaned. So um, just imagine like a food container with a plastic. You want to recycle that plastic, but it wasn't cleaned. So when there's still mm-hmm. debris, food waste in it, it was, it's really disgusting, mm-hmm. but, um, and, and electronic recycling is similar. It's dirty in a different or a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're at that stage where everything has been rethought, rebuilt. <clears throat> and, um, 
not reliant on China. Um, it just takes time to get the awareness out to the public. And that's why I'm so happy to be on your show today. We, we have data points that show each household has at least three retired devices in a junk drawer. Really? Yes. You hadn't been to our or house. I can, I can make it more like 10 to 12, but at least three. I got it. At least three. Minimum, <clears throat> it's usually three to seven. So really? the minimum is three. Um, and they don't know what to do with them. And so we want to, with your help, let people know that they can recycle them. For instance, here in the village, they can go to um, the Hot Springs Village um, Computer and Technology Club. Mm-hmm. Then what happens is they end up coming to me if he can't use them. So they're data wiped and they're recycled. Um, they're reused if they can, laptops, tablets, and phones. And if that group can do that, they're once they sell it, like you bought a used device before, mm-hmm. it's scholarship funds are given to uh, three local high schools college scholarships. So um, it goes to good use. Now, what they do once they can't process, let's say it's a flip phone or it's a locked device, uh, Apple locked, mm-hmm. or um, it's called the MDM lock, which is a company-based lock. MDM is um, a business management thing. So let's say B of A uh, laid you off or um, or or fired you. Mm-hmm. If you were let go from a company, but you have a work device, they shut it off immediately once sure. you're no longer an employee. Your that outlook doesn't an work. And, yeah, you're, they, they know how to wipe it remotely. Yeah. It, that would be a locked device. Well, the technology group locally and, and, and everybody else in recycling, they can't use those devices because they're locked. Mm. Well, sometimes there is data on them, especially the Apple locked ones. So we have built a data drill. So once I, this is just one example of a place mm-hmm. to recycle locally, then the phones he can't use to get scholarships will come to me. The first thing we do is we either drill them or wipe them. Usually if it's locked, we'll try to unlock it. If we can't unlock them, um, then we drill them. And the data bot was born this way. So besides recycling, my company has dedicated space and engineers on site. We have two engineers and there's three total in that department who all they do is build things. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have built our own battery shredder. We built a data robot and we have a 3D printing room. So our equipment inside of our facility is built by us. Mm -hmm. And if you could imagine processing and wiping something this small and charging them up, checking the charges and and doing all the testing. We have hundreds. We touch over a hundred thousand phones a month, a month, a month, over a hundred thousand. So the, yeah, the engineers designed trays um, to stack all these devices in a row. So a technician can have 20 phones at their desk and go through them one by one. So as they're charging, you know, then by the time that charge, they can get, do their testing and wiping and whatever they need to do. Um, so the data bot from these engineers was commissioned by the owner of our company, Simon Levin. Mm-hmm. So he's said, we need something that the, our customers are taking way too much time and labor breaking down devices. Mm -hmm. They're wasting their time. So the data drill was designed. So to take apart a cell phone is usually about eight minutes Mm -hmm. to take it apart. It's pried open and all the parts are are separated. We can drill and take out memory in eight seconds. Eight seconds. 
eight seconds. That's how you process a hundred thousand a month, right? That that exactly. So, so, so now. Give me the name again. Give me how we would contact you. Give me what, I mean, let me ask if, if I'm looking for a discounted Samsung S23 Ultra that's had a few months on it, but I'd like to buy a $1,300 phone, but I don't want to spend $1,300. Do y'all do that too? We do. Um, so we're one of the largest, um, distributors of devices in the United States. Hmm. So we have, uh, we've been in business for 13 years. Hmm. Early upgrade was uh, started from with Simon Levin and Michael Kufos. They're originally from New York, and they were buying and selling so much from each other, they decided to join forces and move to um, Jacksonville, Florida, and opened up a huge facility. And we have... Uh, we're kind of like a quiet giant. Nobody knows our name because we're always in the background. Mm-hmm. Companies, the large companies, sell, send, send their phones to us. So when you go into, let's just say you turned your phone into an Apple store because you bought a new one, they'll filter down to us eventually. So you don't see our name and you don't know who we are, but we're doing a lot of work in the background. Our facility is literally dedicated uh, 30,000 square feet just for cell phones, 30,000 suites square feet just for tablets and 30,000 square feet just for laptops. And then the rest of it is engineering um, office space and things like that. But it's, um, it's a serious business and it's a serious volume. Unbelievable. And let me, let me show you something real quick. I'm going to unplug here just for a moment and I'm going to show you, do you see that little adapter right there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a Lenovo power adapter and I better plug back in real quick. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I better plug back in. Uh, there was a lady. There was a lady. We don't discriminate by brands. We take them all. Well, and actually, and and to give you examples, uh, I've I've been an IT tech for 31 years. 31 years ago, I was the most techie person you knew. And I was working in my parents' printing company and it got to where the phone rang more for tech stuff than it did for anything and for printing. And I turned to my dad. I said, look, I think I'm going to try this whole computer thing, but if it doesn't work out, I reserve the right to come back to printing. Yeah. Printing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There, when I left printing, there were 253 printers in the little rock phone book phone book. Do you remember that? And today there's like 12. Yeah. Printing is yeah. It's yeah. kind of sad to see that industry go, but you're right. They've been affected. Everything's digital now. Exactly. And the same technology. Yeah. That, that gave me a job, took their jobs, but all of that to say, uh, Miss Martha Stewart, known known technologist, was in a Sony concert, held a Sony uh, seminar one time, held up an adapter and said, "Why can't we make all these the same? Why can't we make all these the same?" And, and I'm looking at this Lenovo I, as an IT tech. I have six laptops, and I'm down from eight. I had two more because I'm, I, you know, I use one for everything. Whatever I'm going here, I'm doing that. Why can't we have one adapter? It's a great question. It really is. But everybody has different criteria. Well, I want an 18-volt adapter. Well, I want a 12-volt adapter. Well, I want a 24-volt adapter. Well, I only need an 8-volt adapter. Something like that, Monica? So it's – I didn't think of this, but, okay, so we knock our heads against the wall with the manufacturers on this issue. And it's almost like um, telling an artist, let's just say a singer – um, don't sing that song that way. Yeah. They would yeah. just come unglued. No, it's my way. So that's that's the equivalent to what we deal with with these manufacturers, Lenovo, Apple, Samsung, so mm-hmm. forth, um, Nokia. 
we cannot get them on the same page. They don't want to be on the same page. And that's what makes them different. Mm -hmm. So you kind of respect that in a way. But again, we're banging our heads going, we need it more simple. We need the same adapter, the same types, have some similarity across the board. And no. You know, as a technologist, as a technologist, I don't have a whole lot of regrets. I'm I'm a let's move on kind of guy. I'm going to tell you a story uh, about 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. I had to basically just restart everything. And I did. I mean, from the ground up, I had the third largest IT company in the state, had to wipe that, had to, it wasn't a default or anything. I sold it, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I was, I was scraping to get things together and I'm a licensed security manager for the state of Arkansas. So I end up doing cameras and surveillance and all that stuff. And I bought as a demo, I scraped up my quarters and I got a beautiful used Asus tablet. And it was, I mean, gorgeous. Some of the prettiest colors I'd ever seen. And I would put my cameras on there from other locations and I would go and show, you know, pharmacists or drugstores or retail, you know, here's what your cameras can look like. We can have it on a tablet. 11 years ago, that was a big deal, right? Yeah. And for some reason, it wouldn't charge and it ran down. I'm a techie guy. I got a little plastic tool, popped it off, ordered a replacement battery, put the replacement battery. Still didn't work. Oh, crap. So anyway, I just... I just tossed it. And about two months after I tossed it, I looked on the end of the little battery adapter charger and I didn't have the right voltage. And I hadn't been charging the battery up enough. Now it wouldn't tell me insufficient voltage or whatever, but I ended up throwing away a beautiful tablet because I wasn't charging it. Correct. I'm sure I'm the only one this has ever happened to in the last 11 years, Monica. It's just me. I'm sure, but I'm giving everybody a warning out there. It's easy to do. And at the time I had been doing it for 20 years and now just 31 years. Yeah. 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 I'm sure you have a story, something like that, right? There's tons of stories. Oh, so here's a funny fact. If you drop your phone in the lake, or the bathtub, or, or your tablet. Or the toilet. You know that has happened. No! Uh, we've heard a lot of stories. <clears throat> I bet. But the the data is still there. I know. The, okay. I don't know how many people know that. There are people who think that if it got wet, it, 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 just because it doesn't work and power on, doesn't mean your data is gone. Your data is stored on a piece of metal. Mm-hmm. Well, silicone Metal is not ruined by water. Mm-mm. So people think they can just throw it away because it's ruined. Your data is still 100% retrievable. Mm-hmm. So anything, banking, personal stuff, if you keep notes and, you know, social securities, codes, you know, your, your codes for your uh, passwords for your bank account and so forth, it's all there. So, and, and, and just to throw you another one real quick, uh, I've actually, I've, over the 31 years I've done this, maybe a dozen times, people would have a fire, a tornado, a a, a huge event that would destroy their computer. But inside there is a metal case that has a spinning disc that has a little arm that reads it. And all the electrons are still stored on there. And unless it's been 800 degrees centigrade or something for a couple of hours, yes, all that data is still there. It can be retrieved. Now, you may not want to pay for what it costs to retrieve that data, but it's still there. It is still there and, and somebody can get it. So that's another funny story. So we call ourselves and my friends who are in this industry, we're the good guys. Mm, um, the white hats. Data, the white hats. If, yes. If your data mm. falls into our 
possession, we make sure it's eradicated. And then we notify, we call it downstream. So whoever was below us who handled that device, which downstreaming and upstreaming devices is very important. And it's a very transparent process in our industry. So we, there's a flow chart of where your device, once it's recycled properly, and that's the key, properly, mm -hmm. on who's handled your device. And we have to tell each other who gave us the device, who we got it from, and where it's going to and where it's from. So if we're ever audited, somebody can see the flow of devices. So our industry requires a lot of non-disclosure agreements mm -hmm. because you don't want people who are handling your devices for you and you're doing processing for them, you don't want them to target your customers and steal your customer away. Sure. But at the same time, the reporting is very important. Mm. So we can actually, when we find, let's just say, a Fortune 100 company's financials mm -hmm. that came to our facility, they shouldn't have gotten that far. No. The, the, the wiping of that device or the, the computer should have been done far in advance. <laughs> so it allows us to call and say, hey, did you know that we have all your financials? And we just want you to know we've eradicated it, but it should have never been seen by us. We shouldn't have seen it. And it we're the good guys. We destroyed it. But we want you to know something was missing in the stream of who handled your device. Yeah, you, it shouldn't have made it upstream to us in the first place. Exactly. Mm. So um, we've seen a lot of that, and it happens. So we're certified. We're certified. It's called R2V3. So our certification, and we're also NAID certified, um, and that's for data er eradication. So being certified, if, if our, our devices came from another certified uh, facility, mm -hmm. they missed something. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're certified, and we we want to trust who it came from, but sometimes we can't. Sometimes we still have to double check because mistakes do happen. But that's what you get when you have the good guys. The good guys are always checking and they're always making sure that data is 100% eradicated. So nothing gets out. Even a dog picture, it seems innocent, but it's still, it, it's a zero tolerance uh, well, policy when you're certified. Well, well let's, let's go one step further. And because... Being a security guy, I know what the other what the what the black hat guys do. And and for those of you that don't know, there's the white hats, the like white hat hackers that do the good thing. And there's black hats. And black hats are more than happy to go on eBay, buy a device that they know you got from Bank of America, and they'll run the recycle tool to try and scrape the data back off even after it's tried to be scrambled. You and I both know. So it's magnetic media and I, we're getting very techy in the weeds and then we've got to wrap up real quick, but that data should be scrambled. That data should be erased. Well, it's, it's not a binary process. It's not like, okay, all that data is gone. The memory of that data is still on that device and could be, could be with the right tools and a lot of work. You can recover some of that data back off of there. We just have to make it so completely neutralize that it's not worth your time to go back and get it. Am I doing this well, Monica? Yes, you are. Okay. Yeah. So, so you want to, the, the worst thing you want to do is to take your device and go, well, I've locked the key and I don't know how to get the key in, but I'm just going to sell it on eBay. That is not a wiped device. That is not an eradicated device. Right, Monica? That is correct. That is correct. 
Yeah. And, and there's tests. Um, being certified, we've gone through all those tests. Um, and trust me, when we're certified, we have to demonstrate and we have to provide. So they'll give us a device that has data on it. We do our work and then they take it back and try to do the black hat pack and see if it's there and they and we're tested and if we don't if we fail that test we can't operate so um it's it's important yeah we we had at my former company we had a uh, a gray hat a little he bit would, of both he would do black work or he would do white work and nice. uh on one hand we fired him four times on the other hand we did hire him back the fifth time Simply because he had a skill set that nobody else had, and I, and you I don't mean that. Know, oh, yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. You want to know how the other side thinks? Oh, you do. Well, you have to know. And when we would see him, we're always on the white hat side because customers are coming in and giving us very good money to do what we're doing and to uh, one of the tools of of uh, Outlook and and the Microsoft Suite is that when they're when a ter- employee is terminated, you can remotely wipe that device, or can you? Or, or, but if we've wiped it, how do we know that it's wiped? We may never get that device back to know. So it's one of those scenarios where I know exactly what you're saying. And it, it, it was very, uh, at the time, it was very incumbent upon us to have somebody who knew how to do black hat work. And it, yeah, yeah, that they, uh, they are just as black as we are white. Wiping is never a hundred percent. There, there, there's, there are shades of gray in there. There are some things that, that have to be physically destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and but like happens. I say, we, we can make it so hard for you. It's not worth your time. That's the issue, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the data drill.com is where you can see our data robot. It's a one minute and 26 second video, which I think um, people who are interested in destroying data um, would be very helpful. The data drill.com. Correct. We will and link. He- I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's the only tabletop data destruction device in the world. Okay, I got to go see that. You've peaked me now, Monica. I got to go see this. I got to go see this. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're going to like it. Please message me um, once you see it. And I'm Monica at earlyupgrade.com. Monica at M-O-N-I-K-A? C-A. Thank C-A, you. M-O-N-I-C-A at earlyupgrade.com. We'll put that in the notes at the bottom you know, the, and, and once again, I'm going to do a shout out to David Kirsch, who I wouldn't have known. And by the way, I'm vice president of the computer club, but I can't make it because I've got six other jobs. And I'm not exaggerating, six other jobs. So I wished I'd been there on Thursday night, but Thursday night is when we have our twin grandbabies. So anyway, that's why I wasn't able to see you this time. But the the you know now, but you will cease to be amazed. You will not cease to be amazed at the number of diverse people. I'm going not today, tomorrow, I'm going to get a haircut here in the village, right? From the world's oldest Bronco riding cowboy. He's 57. He still rides wild Broncos. His name is Greg Castile. Castile. He cuts hair on the East End right out, not far from, right as you're going out the gate. Yeah. Little East End Gate Plaza. By appointment only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and his he goes by cowboy and he is the one of the nicest guys. I asked him one day, I said, Well, can you cut my hair this week? He's like, Well, you know, the lambs are dropping in Montana, so I'm gonna have to run out there and, and catch some lambs for a while, but but then I'll be back. I'll be back. Is there not a variety of people in the village you've never seen in your life? Yes. There yeah. it, I love it. I love it. 
Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to have to come back around and visit with you again, okay? I think I'd like that a lot. Monica, thank you so much. For Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I'm Dennis Simpson. She's Monica Toby. We will see you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast starring Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com.